Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre. Our guests this week are two of the industry's most gifted and sought-after and passionate voice actors and animation historians. Bob Bergen is a three-time Emmy nominee who could be heard in thousands of TV commercials, promos, games, animated series, and specials. He's voiced dozens of animated features, including Minions, Despicable Me 3, Wreck-It Ralph, Tangled, Spirited Away, A Bug's Life, Monsters, Inc., Iron Giant, WALL-E, and Toy Story 2 and 3 for 20 years. He's voiced Luke Skywalker for LucasArts Interactive Games as well as in all three Robot Chicken Star Wars specials. He supplied special vocal effects for dozens of films, including Gremlins, Army of Darkness, Bright Night 2, and Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Two 2019 marks his 29th year voicing iconic character Porky Pig, and he's currently stars as Porky in over 200 new Looney Tunes shorts. He's also voiced Marvin the Martian, Tweety, and Speedy Gonzalez, and he tells us that Casey Kasem was much more than just a pissed-off guy (laughs) who cursed out his co-workers behind the scenes. Great. Rob Paulson is making his second visit to the podcast, and we still haven't gotten over his stunning rendition of Yakko's World. We haven't. The first time around. He's voiced 250 animated characters in hundreds of animated shows, including Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Danny Phantom, The Mask, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, The Tick, Samurai Jack, Rick and Morty, and, of course, Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, and Pinky and the Brain for which he took home a well-deserved Emmy Award. He's also appeared in live-action series like Cheers, St. Elsewhere, and feature films like Spaceballs, The Jetsons Movie, and The Ant Bully, as well as over a thousand commercials and dozens of video games. And he once looped a steamy sex scene between Tom Cruise and oh uh, Mac- Rebecca De Mornay. Uh, but who hasn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His terrific and touching memoir is called Voice Lessons. How a couple of Ninja Turtles, Pinky, and an Animaniac saved my life. Please welcome to the show Two men of a thousand voices and two experts who can hopefully explain 
why the actors in these old Beatles cartoons <laughs> sounded nothing, nothing like the Beatles. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> the enormously talented Bob Bergen and Rob Paulson. Oh, my God. Holy cow, is there time for more? Uh, I was going to say, when you got done with Bob, I was ready to go home. I can't (laughs) compete with that. Thank you so much, you guys. If only that was true. Yeah, yeah, that's just great. Thank you so much, Frank and Gilbert. Welcome back, Rob. And welcome, Bob. Thanks, my friend. Pleasure. But, well, I know that Bob, I told Gilbert on the phone that Bob has something very interesting to say. Uh, You know where I'm going with this, Bob, about Gilbert's career. Well, and then okay. and then we'll talk about uh, the, the the Beatles, the bad Beatles voices. Well, are you talking about uh, the letter you the, wrote? Yes. So I I I, I wrote a letter to uh, Affleck, and I said, "Look, you should not be holding auditions because if somebody can lose their job by telling a joke, if it's not funny, don't listen to the joke again." But it just irked me that you lost a job because somebody was offended by a joke. We are all one joke away. Isn't from, that true? from losing our livelihood. God. I mean, I, I heard, I was a Kevin Hart who said, where's the art of the oops? Yeah. Where's, we are, everyone is just one joke, one tweet away from saying, I'm sorry, we're going to cancel your career in life too. So when they held auditions, I said to my agent, A, I'm not auditioning for this. And B, Taking I, a pass. I'm going to find the address of, of the corporate and say, look, this man didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. He deserves this, this job. A lot of people felt that way. I didn't take it. I didn't audition for it. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us, the mutual us, yeah. uh, uh we won't go after each other's jobs. No. It's just it's a it's a it's a handshake agreement. Especially in that context, it wasn't about you saying I'm tired of it or them saying we're going in a different direction. The circumstances in uh, that ended up in that. I think there are a lot of us who do this gig, um, and we all know, like Bobby said, the tenuous line that we all kind of walk. And and uh, there are a lot of folks in this realm, Gilbert. It's, I'm so glad you brought that up, Frank, because it's not it's important for other actors to hear how we. I think so. Kind of, kind of how we carry each other's water. You know, we're, we really are all in this together. So it's good that you know that. How about that, Gil? Thank you. Thank you, hey. both of you. How about it, that? It, I, I, it didn't work for you, but I tried. Well, yeah. good for you, Bob. <laughs> yeah. I, was very I refused cool. to audition for it too, Gilbert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for what yeah. that's worth. Well, you, you know, a story I heard that uh, years ago when, when Mel Blanc was in that terrible car accident right mm-hmm. uh they they knew they were making loads of money off bugs bunny cartoons so they wanted to make new ones mm-hmm. and and they asked one of the other voiceover guys at warner brothers can you do bugs bunny right. and and he said i can but i won't right bless him right and honestly that's happened a number of times when you know when the simpsons uh, the cast of The Simpsons started oh, yeah. saying, look, look, we need some dough here. Right. Because they literally put that network on the map. And now they are the longest running show in the history of freaking television. television. Yeah. yeah. So they start, you know, said, look, we're going to, we need to make a little more dough, me. And I honestly, none of the usual suspects, I don't know anybody who no. does this at, at this level who auditioned for it. Nobody. Because we also know that, at, we discussed the world and it's together, but sooner or later, it will come back. That's and right. so, sooner or later, somebody will say, hey, man, uh, the producers decided Rob's asking too much money to be the talking chicken. He's been doing it for 20 years. But, you know, we're going to have you. And and it's nice to know that all of us are, are kind of going, you know, or, or if it does come up where, where somebody's working on an iconic character, like like you're mentioning, Gilbert, about um, Mel Blanc, 
I always make a phone call. I'll mm-hmm. say, look, here's the deal. I've gotten this piece of copy. My agent has said um, they want to have you come in and read for uh, Homer Simpson. Well, I'll call Dan Castellanetta and find out like – What's the deal? Yeah. You know what, Rob? It's fine. I'm done with it. I've Mm -hmm. had enough. I'm moving on. I'm retiring. Or, yeah, it's kind of a money thing. That's all I need to hear. Right. I'm done. That brings me me to uh, to Bob's story about Dawes, about, about, what was it, Captain Crunch? Yeah. Well, uh, I was studying with Dawes. Yeah. Dawes Butler. And Dawes Butler. The Dawes Butler. And they were were, a new ad agency. They were going to get a new Captain Crunch. They were holding auditions. And I was pissed. And I called Dawes. And I said, I can't believe they're doing this. Mm -hmm. I won't read for it. And Dawes said- Oh, you know, I'm not going to be doing it anymore because they're getting rid of me. So why don't I coach you? Come on over. I'll just How work about out. that? And I and I, and I wow. did lousy Captain Crunch, but he <laughs> he knew he knew that 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 he was out. He was done anyway. He said, "Look, I'd I'd like to have somebody I know, one of my students, yeah. take it over." Isn't that great, though? I, you guys, I I I love the fact that we get to have these glimpses. And thank you again for the opportunity because it's really important for people to know how folks behave in Hollywood by and large. We we really are, you know, especially- in, uh, Especially our world. Yeah, in this yeah. gig. Because it's not about how big your boobs are, although you have lovely boobs. Thank you. Um, <laughs> he but, does. Um, They're brand know, new. Or your, how tall you are. It's about your pure talent and your kindness and your and all of that stuff. And here's Dawes Butler, who who's going, you know, I if I'm not going to do it, I, I want to see if I can help you do it, young man. Mind, yeah. the, mind you, he also charged, was it $10? Or a handshake. Or a handshake. Had that week. I was Jesus. telling Gil on the phone yeah. about yeah. that, Gil. I would have given a handshake, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as it's a handshake. That's, that's right. what's important. That's right. Yeah. And Great. I, and I wouldn't even include all my fingers on it. <laughs> nice. Well, well there's got to be some. You got to save some of it back to do it the next time. I Can get I? it. But but everybody's a really delightful everybody. And so uh, I'm so glad though, Frank, that you did bring that up because uh, we we all know how tough these gigs are to get. Yeah, and you and guys are a particular fraternity. Vo- we are, voice without act. a doubt. It's, it's, and we all like having new people come inspiring. in. I, honest to God, I love it. Eric Bowser is and a good friend a- of mine. Eric Bowser, Max Middleman, we have a new generation Jesus, of brilliant kids talent. Kids are so talented. We, and, and we sit, uh, they really are a mutual admiration society when we're yeah. at a session watching each other, working off of each other. And this, there's a new generation coming in that are so good, so versatile, but also just as nice as, decent. as the Welkers and the, and the Harnells. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tress right. McNeil. Frank Welker, uh, I, I know because sure. he worked on Aladdin. Of course. He That's was right. the voice yeah. of the tiger the and the monkey. Yes. Yeah. Right. That guy's uh, talent incredible. just takes my oh, breath it's away. It's mind-blowing. And, I've known and Frank. it's so funny about voiceover guys like him and a bunch of others when you watch a nature special, you don't realize. You think they're recording like lions yeah. and mm-hmm. birds and all this. <laughs> and they're not. They're bringing it's in Frank. these guys. They're recording to do... Frank Walker with his head in the bucket. Yeah. They're <laughs> yeah. doing jungle noises. Did you, Gil, did you get to work with Frank? Uh, no, no. Because, I, cause I, didn't something... even, I, I didn't even run into Robin Williams. Because it, 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 when you do, if you ever get an opportunity to work with Frank, it's pretty freaking mind-blowing. Yeah. It, to, to watch him do his gig and hear the director say, Frank, would you shade it this way? Or we need the character to, you know, uh, uh, infer this idea. Mm-hmm. And Frank will will make that hummingbird. As or a that, creature. Yes. Yeah. And make it sound like what he, you know, you're asking a question as a chimp. It's incredible. No, I was telling Incredible. I was telling Bob on the phone we'd have we'd have had him here by now. But he's a, he's a shy fellow. He's he's not, golfing right not, now. Not, not, his not a self promoter. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. decided which plane he wants to fly today. That's fine. Yeah, that's, sort of that's right. And and you know what's funny? I always think like had Aladdin come out a year after it did. I mean, had it been made a year after it did, the only person I think would have definitely been in it was Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. And they would have had like Tom Cruise as Aladdin, Julia Roberts as the princess. Amen. Yeah. Amen. In fact, you mentioned uh, in that very kind, um, prodigious... <laughs> Opening. <laughs> that, it it that also had, doubles as an obituary. I was going to say, <laughs> you know, if you take that piece of paper and fold it into quarters with my book, you can actually put it under your table to, to straighten it out. <laughs> yeah, multi-purpose book. Uh, but um, I've had that experience, Gil. Exactly what you're talking about. Um, I did uh, the the I did a, the um, the movie version of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Uh, made a hundred million bucks, got nominated for an Oscar. No celebrities in the thing. Okay. Then a few years later, I do, as you mentioned, The Ant Bully had Julia Roberts, Nick Cage, Paul Giamatti, mm -hmm. Alan Cumming, Meryl Streep, <laughs> tanked. Yeah. Right in the dumper. Interesting. If you don't have a script. You story. Can have, yeah, script. a story. You can have Jesus in the main role. It's just, it's not about I, yeah, face actors. I, it's I, about I, character. Oh, I, I always I always thought that like um you know these are of course talented stars but of course I uh, is anyone going to a movie because you know Brad Pitt's voice is right. in it I don't think so I mean I, the the suits do they want some kind of a guarantee there's box office but that's not guarantee that's well, box office and I understand why we're talking Bob and I were talking about this out front you know to to get we know. That if you and I and Bob Gilbert were got on Ellen and we start doing our respective characters, within two seconds you got them. Mm -hmm. the, I mean, the the back uh, the, the the folks working on the show, everybody, everybody would go, "Oh my God, that's Iago and that's Porky and that's Yakko, blah blah blah." But getting through to them is a different story, and I understand why a producer says, "I want Brad Pitt to be the talking monkey." And I'll pay him a couple of million bucks, and he's going to get on Kimmel and uh, and mm -hmm. you know Fallon and talk about true, it. True, true, right? You know. However, you still have to deliver, and and when it works, it works great. Now, The Incredibles is a totally different story. Absolutely, and yeah. and Ellen DeGeneres, totally as Dory, exactly. And but you got a great story, great script. Ellen's voice is perfect for the part. Right. Her her tweaks and her uniqueness and her sense of humor and her. Uh, vibe is perfect for the character, right. but just having Julia Roberts being the you know the uh, the ant queen yeah. is not, not is not going to make it happen. But you know what, Pixar does it well. They, yeah, they do it great. I, I, I there's a documentary called The Pixar Story and a book, and they tell a story where they were saying who, who, should, who should play Woody. So they took a clip from uh, Turner and Hooch. Oh, great! And it was a scene where the dog locked himself in the car, and Tom Hanks is yelling through the window, "Don't eat the car, not right. the car!" Right. And they animated that line with Woody. Woody. And they went, that's him. Perfect. That's the personality. And it works great. But when they find the great celebrity, it is the perfect marriage of character and personality. Yeah. It's not, they don't go to the mic going, what sound should I do? What character should right. I do? They just, they're good actors. They virtually, and with the exception of Robin right. and Jim Carrey, they virtually always do themselves. That's right. And it has to work perfectly. Yep. Otherwise, just having- Albert um, Brooks. Right. I mean, they're, I can just, but they're wonderful. Uh, Buddy Hackett in, yeah. in uh, Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Right. No, it's right. just Buddy Hackett being Buddy Hackett. But All the time. It, it, it worked perfectly yeah. for that character. 
But and, that's a great point. Whether or not they're celebrities is not the issue. It's the character. And along that line, those lines, it doesn't. I heard you guys say it doesn't bother you when creators uh, put themselves in in the cartoons too, as long as it's somebody like it's Seth good. or Brad Bird. Well, yeah, who, and, and who, look, who it's brings their something dime. to it. If they want to do it, that's fine. We have no pull, no sway. Sure. So the only thing that we can do, I submit, is to get our, is to make ourselves so good at our gig, especially in this uh, environment where they want to hire celebrities to do the next four hundred million dollar animated project right. that comes out, is to be so good and nice. Folks like you have us on your shows. The word gets out, and people, you know, you they just you just have to make them get to a position where the producers say. Now, I know Bob Bergen can totally do this, but I just want to get Brad Pitt and pay him five million bucks to do it right. because we can compete chops wise. So it's really nice that we're having opportunities to let people know who we are. Well, and, when, and when, I we, gotta, when we, when we, oh, I just got to ask this. Uh, now, was Doris Butler the voice of uh, Droopy? No, he no. probably did him a few times. Bill Thompson, Bill Thompson was the voice of Goofy. Yeah. yeah. And when he would do Droopy, and and uh, Jeff Bennett does in this yeah, right now, perfect. too. He would hold his face out like this just yeah. to get some airiness in there. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, dear. And, and this side of his face would sag a little bit lower. <laughs> he was droopy. the other side. Because, because of he was also, you know, he was Smee. Right. And the nice thing is that you can have a stroke and nobody would know. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but you, you'd, you'd mentioned both Dawes and Mel. Did oh, you guys, nice. do you guys ever notice that Barney Rubble's voice changed three times? Yes, I did know that. So here's the story. So Mel Blanc, actually, I think it was actually Dawes. It might have been Dawes or Hal Smith was the original voice of, of Barney Rubble. Smith. But but Mel Blanc- the drunk for you out there. Oh, yeah, sure. That's right. Yeah, that's right. The drunk. And Mel, Mel did Barney in the first season of the Flintstones. And he did Barney sort of like this. Hiya, Fred West Walmer. Right. And then Mel was in that terrible car accident. Oh, that's right. And Mel was laid out and Dawes came in. And they, they said, Dawes, can you play this character? He's It's the Honeymooners. Do yeah. your Art Carney. Yeah. And Dawes is like- but my art Carney is Yogi Bear. Yeah, right. And I, and I can't do that. Right. I've already done that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he just he just pitched his voice up. How yeah. you doing, Fred? He is just, that right? Little pinch higher. So then Mel had a pay or play contract. Oh. And he was in a body cast, and they put a microphone over his hospital bed. And in season two, he came back. He couldn't do this voice. He went back. It was established. So he did the little voice a little bit lower. What a great story. That's, That's great. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He was I, in a body the cast. Universe. They hung a mic over. Yeah. Yeah. There's Incredible. pictures in his book of him him like this with with uh, Gene Vanderpile yeah. and wow. Reed just kind of leaning in talking over the microphone while and he's crazy. just in a body cast. And I heard that, that Mel Blanc used to travel to children's hospitals on his own to do cartoon voices for the kids. Isn't that great? Yeah. Oh, man. Gilbert, I'm telling you, we've, we've all had that experience. And most of the time, of course, it's on the phone where it's most effective. But when, it, when you're lucky enough to be in a room with someone who's struggling, and it's very often children and their parents, and man, you start to lighten up that character, and it changes everything. It is nothing short of remarkable. Um, I know you've seen this because you've got, you know, Iago's an iconic character now, but I'm telling you, we are so fortunate because uh, whenever we're in a position where social situation, hospital, party, whatever, and people find out who we are, it's just joyful, period. And I, I love that aspect of it because often That's parents nice. keep in touch with us after their children sadly don't make it. Right. And it turns out that that some of their fondest memories are of seeing their sweet little baby talking to Porky Pig or, or Iago or 
you know, uh, Megatron on the phone. And they'll, they'll send me videos of, yeah, my little girl didn't make it, but you just got to know what fill-in-the-blank meant her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's way bigger than yeah. a paycheck. It's astonishing. It is. That's beautiful. You guys saw the, the documentary. You're certainly aware of it with, oh, with yeah. Gilbert and Owen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's Life just, Animated. Yeah. yeah, Life Animated. Oh, it was with, so brilliant. And his fa- Mr. Suskind, right? Yes, yes, the, the, yes. Movie? yes. I was just doing some stuff Ron in New Suskind. York with the uh, um, um, uh, autism, um, shine a light on autism, um, whatever, the uh, uh, Autism Speaks. And yeah, I had seen uh, a Life, Life Animated. And isn't it interesting now how many people we see on the autism spectrum at these conventions that come up? I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible, Gilbert. I, I can't get enough of it. And often children, you know, like 25 or 30 year old children who are struggling with autism issues. I've had more than a half dozen experiences where a loved one will come up to me and say, here's my brother. He's about 10 or 12 people down in line, and he's, he's really struggling because often they have issues with uh, stimulus, mm-hmm. over being overstimulated. Yes. But I'll be damned. That young man will stand there, a young woman, and really struggling, but they got to talk to Pinky it's what, or, or Iago, or whatever it is that gets them out of their head. And they're willing to go through that and drive hours, stand in line, and they come up and they're shaking. Yeah. And, uh, not from nervousness to see you, shaking from their agoraphobia or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But man, you open your mouth and Iago comes out and it just evaporates. It's and, and, freaking magical. And they know my career better than I do. Yes, Backwards. they do. <laughs> Backwards. Every episode, yeah. they know the time code. They yeah. know, they know yeah. what you wore at the audition. They know everything. Yeah. And they're utterly dedicated. And um, I can only imagine, you know, being a parent Oh my God! If my kid wanted to talk to Iago and I knew the Gil was going to be, I would do whatever it took to get my baby there because that person will never forget it. And so, you know, it's just a rem- it's a cool thing to be part of this whole experiment. I love the it. Nice and, I, was, and- I was I was in New York a few years ago and I went to Children's Hospital. You know, just I like you. Yeah, I just like to just touch base and do some voices and draw some pictures. And this big chubby guy with a Mickey Mouse shirt comes over to me and he goes, "Do you happen to do Mickey?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I said, I said, I don't do Mickey Mouse, but I know him. Yeah, he goes, my kid loves Mickey Mouse. I great? said, can I call him and say, Oh my God, good so, for you, Bob. So I forgot that there's a time difference yeah. between. It was nine o'clock in the morning, six so a.m. So I called Wayne, Wayne, and I got Rusie. Oh who's Minnie Mouse? Who's Minnie Mouse? They were married in real life. Yes, and, I remember. Yes. I met them. And she said, she said, no, listen, Wayne's still sleeping. Will he settle for Minnie? I said, hang on for a second, please. <laughs> Will you settle for Minnie Mouse? Fantastic. Mickey Mouse is asleep. And he goes, yeah, that's fine. She goes, give me give me some time to get some coffee. I said, great, call you back. Call her back in 30 minutes. Put her on speaker. Now, this boy had a deformity of his face. Right. And he was in there for surgery. Sure. Didn't speak. And she gets on the phone. And he is just giddy. And he's yeah. smiling. And he's making noises. And the parents are crying. And yeah. I'm crying. And I hung up the phone. And I, I invited the father to my one-man show that night because they hadn't you. left this, this hospital. Rusi calls me later on and says, nobody knows this. Wayne's not well. Oh, yeah. He wasn't sleeping. He's not well. Yeah. I said, let me tell you what you just did for this yep. kid. I'm, just, I'm going back to we're a really generous sure. community. How about it's just that? incredible. And, and, it's, and, the, and the parents and the children never, never will forget it. Mm-mm. Never. Nice. 
it's just it's emblazoned in their psyche. I, I just I, I have had people come over to me showing me pictures of their children oh. who have passed away and mm. and thanking me. Yeah. Isn't it? Amen, for, Gilbert. Uh, and 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 it is impossible to to express for me anyway how what that means to me. It is it look, I love my gig and I love making a living, but that's way bigger than a paycheck. You bet. It's way bigger than an action figure or a rating point. It is a deep connection that people make after their children have left, and they will never forget Iago. That's an extra cool yeah, an extra it, payment you guys get. Yes. Right. Our friend Paul Williams calls that a heart payment. Oh god. Absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. He's a gas. Yeah, and, he is. And and it's like with Life Animated where I helped like a son and his family speak to each other. Which I thought, how, how the hell that can I do right? that? And you and you never in a million years when you got that gig would have thought, you know, you thought, oh, this is gonna be cool. It's Disney, it's a big deal. It turned out to be a very big deal. But the uh, uh, you know as Paul mentioned the the happy payment or the heart payment yeah you never would have known that and the fact that we're in this time now where we can do podcasts and nice folks like you can have Bobby and me on and we can share these stories it's uh, it's the best part about about being successful quote unquote it it is the absolute embodiment of paying it forward and also it's effortless yeah it's just sure. joyful sure like Don't- you. Yeah, love it. Don't you guys, in some sense, and we talked about this with Dawes and Bob, don't you want to pay it forward in some ways, too? Not that you, not that this isn't in your Always. nature, but also because of the mentors that you had, Listen, that you, I had, you guys were properly taught. Especially Bob. Well, I had people. I had I had Dawes. I had Casey Kasem. I had people who just held my hand. Yeah. And I was the, 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 I was the kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to Casey, why are you doing this? And he said, because you're going to promise to do it. Do it again. Do it over and over and oh, over great. again. It's one of the reasons I teach. It's yeah. one of the reasons that, you know, we go to, well, listen, before these fan conventions, we didn't even know people watched this stuff. Of course. You know? You guys are rock stars at those conventions. People were walking, watching because we get picked up, so we exactly. knew that we were working. But yeah. we didn't know how people were affected. Yeah. But you've had remarkable experiences with the best of the best. I've been very, very fortunate. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think we have a very generous community mm-hmm. and but but Dawes said to me I'm sorry Casey said to me you are going to promise me that you'll keep paying it forward as right. well and right I, and I do and he does yeah it's now, great but I also now, enjoy it it's not what, it's, it's what always depressed me yeah. is that um Mel Blank was training his son Noel Noel mm-hmm. to be a voiceover to take over the family business and it yeah. never uh I, I don't know that it ever worked I, I mean I've only worked with Noel uh, once years ago on a tiny tune adventure. Well, that's okay. So, so he that was his first job. Is that right? After his dad died, and um, Noel's got to be close to eighty now. Easily, right? I think yeah. he's in his eighties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I know that. I mean, I remember. I was, was before I moved to L.A. I was in Cincinnati. I wanted to be Porky Pig, yeah. and I'm turning on the TV, and there's Mel Blank with his son saying, "My son's going to take over," and I was like, "Well, that's that." <laughs> that's and and you know, I think the bottom line is it was his dad's dying wish that, that right? his son do this. Yeah. So I think his that this Gil, the sweet thing is that his dad left us thinking that his son was going to take over, and that's all that counts for Mel. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Noel's he had some some good voices. I don't know if he had the chops. No, the nobody chops. is Mel Blanc. Oh my God, none of us are none Mel Blanc. It takes half a dozen people to replace him. And even if even those of us that are consistently yeah. working, none of us will ever be or sound a thing like Mel Blanc. Nope. And I, an original. And I'm just like you said. I think that's the best way to look at it. Is that Mr. Blank was comfortable that his son was going to do what he right. requested, and, and I never worked with him. And what did once. what did Noel do? 
I don't know. What I he, do know what he did. He what? was the, he 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 ran blank communications, and from the sixties oh. on, oh great, no Marketing blank stuff, no blank. Gary Gary Owens and and Mel Blank had a company, and they produced commercials, oh. hundreds of thousands of commercials. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Because I know Mel. When when you what I like to listen to is the um, uh, radio classics on uh, Sirius satellite oh, radio, like the Jack Benny stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Mel- <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Isn't that the greatest when Mel shows up as a, you know, a car or it's just freaking genius. You guys, all you audience, listen to it. It's incredible. These are from the thirties and forties where Mel was, uh, was the guy, the utility player on Jack Benny's show. And, um, to this day, when, when I was a kid and, you know, watching Johnny, my hero and Mel showed up. He'd have Johnny on the floor in absolutely. 30 seconds. Yeah, absolutely. And, and oh my God, it was never not fabulous to have Mel Blanc come but on. But this is where roof. this is where I learned how to do Porky was yeah. was listening to Mel Blanc on radio shows. Really? Because he had a character called Private Sad Sack. Oh yeah. Which was Porky Pig. Yeah. But most of so many of Mel Blanc's characters were sped up electronically. So yeah, I, 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 I learned that talk watching an interview with you. I never yeah. knew that Daffy was sped up Sylvester. Correct. Did you, does, does Gil, pardon me, but this is, I mean, Bobby, you know, he's the cream of the crop. Did, have you ever heard, Gil, how how Porky does, because you've, you've broken it down and yeah. how Porky pretty much does his thing, right? Yeah. Would you mind the, explaining that to the, Gil? The, this the, is, the stutter? You want to learn how to do Porky yeah, for you guys? Yeah, yeah. This is right. cool. This is very cool. All right, so, <laughs> so, 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 but you got, but you got to take it step by step and you have to count out the sounds with your fingers because if you don't, you will go crazy. So, all right. <laughs> So first of all, Gilbert's saying too late. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Say the say the word boy. One two three. Boy. Boy. Good. Now say eh. Eh. Count it out with your fingers. Eh. Eh. Um, uh, Frank. Oh, I eh. thought it was just for Gil. Okay, boy. Everybody. Eh. Boy. Eh. Ebba. Boy. Ebba. Ebba be. Ebba be. Ebba be eh. Ebba be eh. Gil. Ebba be eh. Ebba be eh. Good. Ebba be eh. Boy. No, no, don't, 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 don't jump ahead, Frank. Don't jump ahead. Don't jump ahead. <laughs> now, going too fast. Now, now, wrinkle your nose so it sounds nasal. Oh, say, yes. a bit, a boy. <laughs> Go ahead, Gil. Try it. I, Come on, try it. Nasal part is the just, hard just, Yeah, because you know what? Nasal is never going to work for Gil, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he came out nasal. Okay. <laughs> This so, is Donald uh, Fontaine sitting next to That's right, exactly. Right. So, 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 so try it with the nasal. Mm. boy. Pretty good. Now, on the third sound, push it more. boy. boy. Good enough. That's right. Now, try, try another word. Dog. Dog. I'll buy that. Uh, uh, try, try the word ball. Try the word ball. Ip a bit a ball. A bit a ball. Isn't okay. that the coolest thing? Now, 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 we're gonna. We got what? We got the final. Here's the final test. You got to do all. You got to do a whole sentence, and I'll do it first. Then you're gonna yes. mimic me. Ready? Yes. Yes. Ip a boy played a catch with the a dog. Oh, I can't. Fantastic, Bobby. How about that? Isn't that the coolest thing? Fantastic. Could I have a, a, a seizure salad on table th- five? That's right. <laughs> but I, but I, I will going back to the celebrity thing. Oh, that's when, so cool. When, when they make, I've, I've re-auditioned for Porky six times. Yeah, which, which is also years. an important part of this whole experiment. It, it's not like being I don't a movie star. Yeah, you don't own it. And if a new producer comes around and says. You know, I'd like to hear him again, but Bob's killed it every damn time. Well, it's, not every time. I mean, you know, that, the, that the, gig. I, 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 my fingers are crossed. But the bottom line is, um, 
for Space Jam, for the first Space Jam, I'm at the final callback, and they said that they're they're actually they have an offer out to Jack Lemmon because he had a real stammer. Well, yeah, he did. Yeah, and, he, and, yes, he did. Jack and, I said, and I said, how can you change an iconic character? Yeah, that's the thing. It's not about Jack Lemmon. He's I love Jack. I, Lemmon. I mean, one of my favorites, Porky. But the, but the casting director yeah. said to me, you know, lots of people have played James Bond. Yeah, it's not the same. And that's why I was like, you know, I have no, I have no comment. You can't, yeah. you can't argue. With why Mel Tillis but, never went out for a Porky Pig? Is boy, also no a, kidding, a, a mystery. Right? Well, Mel Tillis, I heard him on a 2020 interview years ago where he said that Porky was his hero. He is had, that right? He had, he had nobody in show business to relate to him. Porky was his hero. Hey, man, I love that. Whatever it takes, baby. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast, but first, a word from our sponsor. Okay, mm-hmm. you've given us the perfect segue because yes. we're talking about Mel Blanc, and we're going to mm-hmm. ask you guys to indulge us while we share this wonderful phone call okay. with our cool. listeners. So, so Bob, set this up because it's because Gilbert flipped for it, and it's yeah. it's it's worth hearing. Yeah, I, I moved to L.A. Uh, my dad took a job here when I was fourteen. So cool. I wanted to be Porky Pig, so I just thought I'm going to call the guy and tell him, "Look, I'm here, and I've seen you on TV, and you you look like you're at retirement age, and I would love to give you that opportunity." <laughs> Offense, you look like you got one foot in the grave. I, I, and I thought I was being very yeah. generous. Before actually. you take a big dirt nap, yeah. maybe you'd like to help a fellow Jew out here. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And and I and I and I got the phone. You want the whole damn story there, Frank? Well, give, us, long... give us the Reader's Digest version because it's, fasc- it's, fi- it's fascinating. Well, the Reader's Digest story is that I looked in the phone book and I couldn't find his phone number. And my dad says, you know, because we were from Cincinnati, mm-hmm. he goes, you know, LA's bigger than Cincinnati. So he traveled from like Pasadena to Malibu and went to the to the to the post offices. Yeah. And he got me a stack of white page phone books. What a cool dad. And I just I, I called every blank in the book. And I went from the Mel Blank M or Mel Blank and I had there were, all, there were a lot of them with C's and, and Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I had in the kitchen I had my little portable tape recorder and with a little built-in mic and I put the phone on, you know, on, and I pushed record, ran into my parents' room, called the first number. I'm calling for Mel Blank, the cartoon guy, wrong number, sorry, bye. Whenever <laughs> hung up the phone. Jesus. And I went through the whole book and I couldn't find his number. And then I thought, well, maybe it's under his wife's name, which was Estelle. And yeah. I knew that. Um, and I found E Blank in the Pacific Palisades. And I got him on the phone and I recorded it. And so, I and I and I kept the recording. It's genius. On, it's up on my website. Fantastic. Check this out. We're gonna we're gonna play it. Yeah. Mr. Blank there? One moment. Hello. Mr. Blank? Yes. My name is Bob, and I'm interested in doing voice whisper cartoons. Yes. And uh, I was wondering if you'd give me any advice on how to go about it and all. How did you get my number? Well, uh, that's a funny story. Um, I used to live in Cincinnati, and I saw... Uh, Wonder Show called Wonderama, and you mentioned your wife's name was Estelle. Oh yeah. And I was looking for uh, your, your name in the phone book, and I saw Mrs. Estelle, and I just figured that was your wife. Yeah. Tell me, have you uh, created any voices? Where you, do you just uh, do impressions or impersonations? Well, um, I, I've got one voice. It's a It's hard to understand. Yeah. Um. Uh. I can't. Let me tell you something in the first place. Every voice must be understandable to be in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Because if they can't understand you, just like the uh, woman that ever got away with this Donald Duck. Yeah. And, and uh, the other character has to repeat what he says every time he says something. So that's, that's not good. But uh, if you can create voices, you know, for example, you see a little kitten, and you wonder how it can talk if it can talk. Like, a kitten with a 
All right, you have to like, let me just tell you what happened at the end. I, my mom, my mom and dad were out. I had signs everywhere, all over the house, in the garage, outside by the mailbox. Don't hang up the phone. I'm talking to Mel Blank. My mother comes in and hangs up the phone. <laughs> that. God bless you. I mean, what that's a piece of like that should be in the Library of Congress. It's that's wonderful. a big it's all, deal. It's also illegal. You're not, I know, you're not, you're not allowed to do that, but it's I, been over four oh years. Oh my god, but it was so charming. And your voice as a young boy sounded almost like oh, a character. Yeah, I had, Hi, Mr. My, Blank. It's exactly. me. Can I can I tell you do you, do you own a weapon? Well you know, he said he like said that. he said, Have you <laughs> tell me he says, Tell me, have you created any voices? And my first thought was Yeah, I, this one. I do this pig, but yeah. I, I, I just I just thought that would be kind of rude to go there at that point. But you know? look, look, looking at this recording now oh, in context, that the, 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 in the historical context, he he would have no way of knowing. Imagine that he was talking to someone who would succeed him yeah. in doing well, one actually, of his most famous voices. Because you're only a 14 year old kid on the phone, and he also he goes, you know, it's not it's a tough business to get into. And I'm like, okay, screw that. Do you need an agent? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, I'll, just tell me how to tell whatever me whatever it this. takes. Yeah. yeah, and I think that th that's a really cool thing because there are a lot of us. Uh, you know, I should say, not everybody has the good fortune to know what they're, what drives them when they're 14. Whatever the it is. Right, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. It could be working in a, a flower shop yeah. or being a, an actor. Man, if you're gifted enough to be, or blessed mm -hmm. with the passion at 14 and say, oh, dude, I know exactly what I want to do, that's pretty cool. The first, I think, time, I think, oh, you know, ahead, the ahead, first time I got up on a stage, like an open mic night, yeah. I was 15. Yep. There and you, you knew it, right? You and it's like a drug. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it is. It's once, like they say, first one's free, baby. And yeah. after that, man, you're done. <laughs> yeah. And and it really, it's it's not about, you don't care it takes time to get an agent. You don't care I got to drive here but from But you've got Michigan. to do it. You've got to do it. Yeah. And oh my goodness, what an experience, Bob. That's yeah, was, so cool. Chutzpah, I'm, I'm, chutzpah I'm Bob. The 14-year-old. Yeah, a little bit. Chutzpah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you yeah. recognize Mel Blanc's voice the second he says hello. Isn't that- No Gilbert, you nailed it. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I, I worked with Mel twice, and just his, like you said, listening to this phone conversation, oh my God, mm -hmm. that's that was the great man. That was yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> I worked with him twice, and once I got to speak with him, and we were working on a Jetsons project. He was probably 79. Yeah. 
And Gordon Hunt, the director, said, uh, hey, Robbie, you want to sit next to Mel? And said, of course. And I, I, got, I mustered up the courage, you know, to make small talk. And I finally said, Mr. Blank, I am, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a bother, but if, you, if it's not too much trouble, would you? And he knew exactly what I wanted. And he just looked at me and said, Ian, what's up, Doc? And it just <laughs> blew my mind. Ah, and that's ah, all it took. That's wow. Ian, fantastic. what's up, Doc? Four words, and it was instantaneous. Now, there's, wow. there's an amazing story. When Mel Blank was in a coma, mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. kept saying, you know, Mel, Mr. Blank, Mel. Oh, and hope, he yeah. wouldn't answer and after then, the car accident. Yeah, yeah. after mm -hmm. the car accident. Laurel Canyon, I think. Right, uh, right. Sunset. And, Sunset. And the doctor said, uh, can I speak to Bugs Bunny, please? Mm. And he answered as Bugs Bunny. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, they, they did, a, um, they did a, a revival of This Is Your Life back in the 70s. And um, I think it was Mel's doctor from UCLA was on saying, yeah, he just, you know, Mel was in a coma. And he and he got an idea to say, "Hey, Bugs Bunny, are you there?" And then he tried Porky Pig, and then he tried Daffy and Mel Duck. And responded. The characters came back before Mel did. Isn't that nuts? Isn't that wild? That, it, it it is. And I honestly, God, you guys, I, because of this new time in which we live, and we can go to all these conventions. I mean, they're they're springing up like zits on a twelve year old everywhere, and I'm so glad they are because we get to see firsthand like what Gil was talking about with respect to Life Animated and yeah. other. We get to see it and have people literally, they don't care what we look like, but as soon as Porky starts talking, oh my God, people often get tearful, you guys. Yes. It goes beyond entertainment. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I had a guy come up to me on a plane once saying how, how his son, and he said was, mm -hmm. was a, a tremendous fan of yours. Oh, Jesus. And, and he said, uh... So seeing you uh, is making it, it makes it better. And then he's, I see he's wearing a pin mm -hmm. that is obviously his son. Yeah. And he affectionately pats, pats the pin and yeah. goes, well, getting better. Right. Aww. Isn't that something? Uh, it's, it's amazing. Just, it truly is. Uh, Maurice LaMarche, who's my friend, the brain, and I were a couple of years ago at a, an event in Dallas. And, and I, what I love about this whole experience is that it's not about age. It's not about money. It's not about uh, uh, religious affiliation. It's, not a, it's about nothing but pure and utter joy. Mm -hmm. And uh, big fella, probably six, three, six, four, two and a quarter, tatted out, long ponytail, finally makes his way up. And I said, hey, God, you're a big one, aren't you? And he started to get tearful. And I said, oh, God, I'm sorry. I said, no, Mr. Paul's not... I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be. And I said, no, Jesus. Was it Bill Clinton? <laughs> so, I'd like to show you something about, I'm really proud of, uh, you know, I'll thank a lady. She, we like to offer lady tipperillas. I give them cigars, that sweet girl from Beverly Hills, and she done screwed every one of them up. <laughs> it was. But uh, no, it was not Bill Clinton, but thank you. And this young man uh, got very tearful and we started chatting and it turned out that he had done two tours of duty mm. in Afghanistan and, you know, it was <clears> in <throat> combat. And he said, you just will never know, man. We, you know, and I'd go out on, a, on patrol and do my job, which was to essentially kill the bad guys and not get killed yourself. Something that I will never have any concept of what that's like. Then he and his buddies go back, have a couple of beers when they, you know, chill out for the couple of days that they're off. And they watch Pinky and the Brain. Mm -hmm. And they watch Ninja Turtles, Looney Tunes. And of course, they also watch TV things, you know, regular live action. But 
just hearing Pinky and the Brain speak to this veteran. This escape. Yeah. yeah. And he, st- he got tearful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, awesome. it's incredible. How, how, incredible. Did, how did Pinky's voice, and this is, you've, you've been asked this question a million times. How, how did you arrive at, uh, uh, at, at Pinky? It was, um, uh, you know, just like we all do, throw stuff against the wall. Um, it, it, Animaniacs was a protracted audition piece because everybody knew that it was Mr. Spielberg and lots of music and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it took a while to, and we just tried a bunch of different stuff. My heroes when I was a kid were um, Jonathan Winters, um, Peter Sellers, uh, Red Skelton, Carol Burnett, the usual gang, you know. I love Foster Brooks. Foster <laughs> Brooks. <laughs> Bless your heart, bro. Yeah. Jesus. I just love it. Anyway, so I we all played with voices. Um, but for whatever reason, uh, as it dwindled down, I must say that Maurice, when he walked in, it was a fait accompli. As soon as he opened his mouth and they put Orson Welles with that picture of the brain and the giant brow and all, you know. The, yeah. Uh, Modeled so, after our friend Tom Minton. Yeah, yes, like yes, t- that's right. Tom Minton. Yes. Why and, the honor to work for? Totally. Great. And guy. they just said, uh, "Well, we don't. We can cancel the rest because we got the brain." Did he come in with that, or did they say, "Can we? Can you do your Orson Welles?" I think Mo looked at it and said, "Oh, I think I got something." Yes, was and, Maurice and, just walking around doing this Orson Welles impression? Well, well he still does. <laughs> you know, Mo. Well, of course, we know more. You know, Maurice is a was a successful stand up and right. was in that Rodney Dangerfield. Right, he is. Yes, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. But uh, he did such great impressions, and it just fit like a glove. And so I threw a bunch of different stuff in, and we mixed and matched. And finally, they kept saying, you know, that that kind of weird Cockney vibe that you're doing works really well with the brain. And they would try it, you know, write a script and have it go back and forth. And I would, I basically, it was the Pythons and Peter Sellers who. So you were you were that. paying tribute to your to Absolutely. some of your comedy heroes, and totally. And but the up specs until then. I, every Orson Welles was always like that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then to like hear John that. John Candy's Orson yes, Welles was like yes. that. Yeah. And to hear that, and you go, oh my God, that's the oh, voice. Man. I well, love that know, he looped uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio and Ed Wood. Yes, and <laughs> yeah. Ed Wood. And when you see Vince D'Onofrio playing a young Orson Welles, it's Mo. Is that the, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. And But what's also great is that we love the uh, the fact that we can do this gig and people – uh, are so versatile. Moe's been the voice of Toucan Sam, mm-hmm. uh, which was a Paul Freeze gig. Yeah. He's been doing it for 30 years. Um, Probably longer than Paul did. Pr- yeah, I think. And Paul, Jim Paul Freeze doing Ronald Coleman. That's doing right. Ronald Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Follow your nose. We can all do that. It's a far better thing I do now. That's but, right. You know, but, but also our buddy Jim Cummings is Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Tigger. the Tasmanian Devil. Yeah. He's another and, crazy uh, talent. Oh, Jim. my God. God and Ray the Firefly and Princess and the That's Frog right. sang those great songs. Such a good singer. Oh my God! And and when Paul Fries was speaking about you know was uh, Boris Badenov and and uh, so many other great characters, but he was also the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah, I think these guys are just so talented, and it's they're utterly different. And and it's what remarkable. gets me we talk a is lot about Paul Fries, the, there was a voiceover guy I knew named uh, you probably have met him, uh, Len Maxwell. Oh, yeah. Did you guys know Len him. Maxwell? I remember him. I yeah. used to do the Is Hawaiian he... punch. Sure. Oh, that's right. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And how about a nice Hawaiian punch? How about a nice Hawaiian punch? Well, yeah. and, and I remember, because he did all these different character voices, and I said, do you just uh, do a regular voice? And yeah. he goes, I've got about 10 regular voices. <laughs> yeah. 
And they all sounded like he wasn't putting on a voice. That's the magic. <laughs> yeah, but that was Paul Fries. Paul yeah, Fries was, was the like same that way. too. And you go to Disneyland and the Haunted Mansion, uh-huh. and Paul Fries opens his mouth, and it's just incredible. Um, and, uh, you know, Herschel Bernardi was Charlie the Tuna. There you go. Yes, there we yes. Go. Very good. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just all so cool. And our buddy um, um, Arnold Stang, remember on Top Cat? That sure. Oh, my Stang. God. Yeah, he was yeah. doing the uh, doing Phil Silver's imitation. That's right. Yeah, and Marvin uh, Kaplan, who we had on this, Marvin, show, right. on this show. Terrific. Sorry, uh, Tacey. Is yeah. how, is, how old is Marvin? Oh, he's he gone away. now. He passed oh, is he away. He passed yeah. away but a couple of years. He was terrific. On really? The oh, really and Lorenzo terrific. Music. We, uh, oh, I yeah. was very good buddies with Lorenzo. And what was so ch- what was so charming is that Lorenzo, he knew he had one voice. He right? did, yeah. Um, but we, I remember auditioning with him for a uh, Knott's Berry Farm Halloween radio spot. Right. So- He's supposed to be the Knott's Berry Farm. Hi, welcome to Knott's Berry Farm. How can I help you? And I'm playing like a Dracula guy. Mm-hmm. I'm here to do bobbing for blood or whatever it was. Okay. So we get done and we're getting ready to leave. And, and it was so great. Um, Lorenzo says, hey, Rob, do you mind if we switch characters and I read for? Well, no, if you if the, you know, casting. Sure. So we switch and I say, hi, welcome to Knott's Berry Farm. I'm here and I'm bobbing for blood. I mean, it's, it was just just doing Lorenzo. Totally did Lorenzo. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't Dracula. It yeah. was Carlton the Doorman. Well, did you, Garfield. Did you, you know? ever hear Lorenzo's demo? Yeah, his Lorenzo's demo was literally two minutes of yeah. different commercials of, of him saying hello in different ways. Yeah, hello, hi, honey, hi, oh, hi, hi there, oh, hello, hi, hello. That was it. Pretty good comedy had, writer too. That's all, he was the Kentucky Fried Chicken of voice guys. That's he did right. one thing, but he did it so well. And he and he was, a, you know, but of course he made all his money producing and writing Mary Tyler Moore. And Rhoda. Exactly. Rhoda. Yeah. Yeah. Good writer. I, I remember when we had Marvin Kaplan on the show, the first thing, I, I we spoke to him on the phone first. Mm-hmm. And the first thing you recognize that voice oh, immediately. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and Frisbee in the great race. And, and Right. Yeah. You know, he obviously didn't understand, like, podcasts and anything. Sure. And he goes, do, do I have to dress up for it? Oh, bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good, Gilbert, because he's such a, he was the embodiment of the nebbish, right? Yes. yes. The yes. sweetest man in the world. <laughs> I'm afraid I, I think I dislocated my scapula putting on my slipper. You know, just... <laughs> I just what I about, love shit like what that. What about it's some good. of these other names? Because we were Bob and I were talking on the phone. He said he worked with the great Howard Morris. Oh yeah, uh, so, yeah. yeah. And Hal Smith's Morris. name already came up. Hal Smith, Dave I mean, Madden. Look, Howard and, Morris was part of uh, your show of shows. Sure, show of shows. But, Andy Griffith's oh, show. Jesus, I worked with him as he was a director. I never worked with him as an actor. Like one of the, was it called Monster Monster High? High. Yeah, very good. Right. Monster yeah. High. Yeah, what a Bob Ridgely. What kind of, oh, Bob God. Ridgely. Oh, yes. We love yes. Bob Ridgely. Uh, Terrific. The hangman yeah. in Blazing Saddles. Yes. Doing right. the Horace so Doing the Tower so, of London. So my very first- he was com- so naughty. My first and commercial- I loved him. My first commercial ever- Yeah? Was for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well- so, Shut the so, front door. So, so Do people I, know that you're one of the tribe? So I, I walked in- I walked in and, kept, and Ridgely walks in oh, with a no. dog, and we're on phone patch with Utah. And you, yeah. And and Ridgely walks up to the mic and says, "Hey, any of you Mormons want to fuck my dog?" <laughs> <laughs> and there's a long pause. So Bob, there's a long pause. And over the phone, I hear, uh, 
who said that? And the engineer in LA says, that was Bob. And I went, Ridgely. That was yeah, Ridgely. Ridgely. Not Bergen. <laughs> yeah. Not Bergen. Oh, Ridgely. There's a little Pat McCormick in him. Oh, oh Pat oh, McCormick, yeah. same way. He, I remember seeing Pat McCormick at the voice caster and I, somebody had asked him while I was there and I, I, it's a true story. I'm sure he told him about what was the, what was the best Karnak response that didn't make it? The, the, the answer is cock robin. Cock robin. And they open the envelope and it says, what is that in my mouth, Batman? <laughs> Isn't that something? And Pat McCormick's holding court and telling that. And then I swear to God, another time I walk in, it was like, it was like being in um, Broadway, Danny Rose. Remember, yeah. uh, Johnny Hamer. Oh sure, Johnny sure. yeah. Hamer was from, was uh, the guy. Yeah, he's the guy in Annie Hall who's doing the band. Annie Hall, right. <laughs> your folks so, look yeah. wonderful from here. Exactly, Frank. Yeah. This is why I love your show so much because you guys <laughs> we're, we're talking about. So I walk in and I had literally watched Nan Annie Hall like two nights before, and I, I see Johnny Hamer, and I said, "Oh my God, Mr. Hamer! Hi, my name is Rob Paulson. I am such." A fan. I got to tell you, sir, I just watched, you know, uh, uh, Annie Hall the other night. And before I finished, he goes, oh, you mean, hey, the room looks wonderful from here. <laughs> oh, wow. And the, he just went <laughs> right into it. These guys are on. You push oh, the button. Uh, God. Yeah. Was, I, he was Dale in MASH, too. Uh, yes. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Sergeant, Some, Sergeant somebody Dale. who knew Bob Ridgely said to me that, like, the way he had that weird ending where he winds up in prison... Oh, in Boogie Nights. In Boogie, Boogie Nights. Nights. Yeah, crying, they, yeah. They said, had Bob Ridgely lived longer, that would have been how he would want <laughs> oh, to wow. Probably. Without a doubt. Oh, listen, I, I remember my wife and son and I were heading down to San Diego on the train because it's a fun thing to take the starlight, you know, coast starlight. So we go down there and I, it was four o'clock and five o'clock in the afternoon on a... Uh, Good Friday, going down for Easter. And I said, I'm going to go grab something, but I have to, um, honey, I'm going to go get some food. I got to walk through another passenger car to get to the food car. And you guys, I open the door to walk through this passenger car and I hear this booming. There he is, Patty. His wife's name was Patty. There he is, Patty. There's the young man I was telling you about within the enormous package. Young man, <laughs> over here, over here. And it was freaking Ridgely yeah. standing up on a jammed passenger train screaming about me and my package. I didn't know he was on there. Right. I was like, oh, hi, Bobby. Oh, my God. He had such humor. His mind. His mind. Oh, and very quick. And you're right, Gil, because he, he to, in to, to, today, oh, yeah. oh bless his heart. Oh, he we, we, have, we, have we have a casting office here called Voice Casters, which we don't go to nearly as often as we used to, but we would go there and- you know, you're finished reading. Oh, yeah. But there's Ridgely and Jack Angel and Danny Dark and everyone holding court. And you're like, you Pat just, McCormick. You just Pat, oh, my God. Out. Exactly. Yeah. Just, just a hand Jack Riley in that group. Everybody. Someone Jody who Gerber. I, yeah. I never worked directly with, but I was in a voiceover uh, with was um, I did this thing. They did like a new uh, Tiki Room thing at Disney. Uh -huh. So I did, you know, a Yago, and then for another uh, bird there, uh, and I never met him, unfortunately, Frank Ravencroft. Oh, Thurl oh, Ravencroft. Oh, Thurl Ravencroft. Yeah. yeah. Thurl. Tony the Tiger. Yeah, he was Tony the Tiger. Yeah. What a voice. Yeah. Yes. And he was also the guy that said, you're a mean one, That's Mr. Him. Grinch. <laughs> Thurl Ravenscroft was the voice of Tony the Tiger almost until he died, like into his 90s, I think right? so, easily. It was incredible. And- He's another one of those guys that you see him and you go, oh, that's an interesting looking guy. And then he says, Opens his mouth. you know, they're great. <laughs> oh, my 
God, just yeah. mind blowing. But what a set of pipes on that guy. Yeah. What and, about and these have, other actors? Uh, uh, Dave Madden, Henry Gibson, Ruth oh, Buzzy, sure. uh, Bill Daly. I, mean, I know you I guys worked, worked with these people. Hannah Barbera, I worked with every one of those people, every single one, and they all. Um, they, they all had a blast doing cartoons because yeah. they were, you know what you got? And it's, it's wonderful for young actors to hear this. Every one of those people was grateful to work mm -hmm. period. Nice. End of story. Cause Dave Madden to me was, uh, you know, the manager, Ruben on the part. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, uh, having an experience with, um, uh, George Hearn. Now to me, you know, I, I love Broadway stuff. George Hearn won Emmy, uh, Tony's for, uh, Lacage and, and Sweeney Todd. Yeah. And here's a guy who is a the toast of Broadway. So I'm working at Hanna-Barbera, and I walked in. I think it was Smurfs or something. And I thought, oh, my God, George Hearn's here today. So we got to know each other. We chatted. He was a lovely guy. And I finally asked what I wanted to ask was essentially, what the hell are you doing here? Right. Right? And so what a lesson. He says, uh, well, let me tell you something, Rob. Uh, firstly, I did uh, Sweeney Todd with Angela Lansbury, and Angie's now doing Murder, She Wrote. So she's got me out here to do a three-episode arc, for which I'm very grateful. And then Gordon Hunt, who's directing uh, the cartoons here, good friend from uh, theater, and I'm happy to be here. And I said, well, it's a pleasure, and we're so grateful that you, you know, I'm so grateful that you took the time. And he let me say my piece, and he said, "He's look, here's how it works. I've won a couple of Tonys, and so I can't take just any gig on Broadway, because I, I you know, so I have to take... A big mm -hmm. gig. I have an apartment in the city and a home in Connecticut, and I need the money. Right. So it never stops. I am. It's it's a cool thing for actors to hear about Henry Gibson, Ruth Buzzy, all these people who were became cultural icons Gary in the sixties. Gary Owens, yeah, who Nothing. knew every story in Hollywood, and they just needed to keep working. Mm -hmm. It doesn't stop. There are very few Brad Pitts in the world, you know. And were there also the day, these were the, these were not the days of twenty million dollars no. for a movie. They were grateful to be working, man. Some of those actors. people hadn't had a gig since Laugh In. That's right. That's and a, crazy. And a person you met in an audition, Bob, was Orson Welles. Yeah, well, at, at my first audition, How? what? First yeah. audition, Orson Welles. Dude, my first what audition. I, I was I was sitting at Don Pitt's office, and Don Pitt was a, a talent agent, and in walks Orson Welles oh and God. sits next to me and I'm looking at my script Jesus Christ. and he sits next to me and he smells like cigars oh, and, yeah. and curdled cottage cheese. Oh, <laughs> oh man. And, and then I, your line is what? And give up show business? Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I could, and I could tell that he's, he was rather moist because I could oh. feel his essence next to me, but he, he looks, he looks over at my script and I, moist. I'm, I'm not, I'm not Mo, but he looks over at my script and he goes, I believe we're reading together. Would you like to rehearse? Oh, and I went, oh yeah, what? I would love to rehearse. So we go out, in the, and Wells, we go out wow. in the lobby and we run through it. And he goes, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> and we go into the booth and the booth is the size of this chair oh, with a, with one mic, no, oh, not two. No, and you're, you're standing next to a Petri dish. Well, we're facing yeah. each other because that's the only way we could both be on mic. And his stomach is, is, is on mine, resting <laughs> on mine. Man, what a story. When we're done, there's a round <laughs> circle. On, of sweat on my stomach, and I'm like, "Welcome to showbiz." I will, oh. I will, I will never ever wash this shirt again. Of I've got 
Orson because Welles you probably have to DNA. throw it out. It's a hazmat. Right? Yeah. Right? Exactly. And Did you guys... I'm, that, I love that. Fantastic, Did you guys, Bob. Ha, have you guys seen the videos? Moe's got them. The videos of Orson Welles doing the Paul Masson. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my yeah, sure. God, yeah. yeah. He's it's utterly wonderful. tanked. Absolutely. And I just... I love those. Because yeah. Moe does... Nah, the French champagne is was, long Was Welles aware of, of Maurice's impression of him? I don't think so. I don't know that Moe ever met Okay. Uh, Orson. Yeah. Um, okay. But Might to this day, you know, when Mo and I are together and stuff, I, I, I always compel him to do the We Know a Remote Farm in Lincolnshire. <laughs> well, Buck. of course. That's right. A pinky, it's a just pinky in the brain. Perfect. Episode. Yeah, because he, he, it becomes a falsetto voice in those former songs where he goes, oh, the friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just exactly. And those poor kids, you know, these young actors going, oh my God, I'm going to call my parents. I'm working with with uh, uh, Orson Welles. And, you know, they're waiting for the cue and the director uh, and action Orson. And then there's like 30 seconds. Isn't he supposed to say something? <laughs> no. You start and the kid's waiting to pour the wine. Oh my God, it's just Who, Whose idea was it to take the, the infamous, we know a farm and we're, we're the... Mrs. Buckley lives oh, to and make it turn it into a pinky in the brain. Was that Ruger? Yeah, I think it was. And it was essentially a, like a $400,000 in-joke because yeah. uh, we came to work that day and it, it turned out to be a really uh, very sweet circumstance. Um, Mo had literally just come back uh, from Sam Kinison's funeral. They were very good pals. And um, so he made it to work and we all knew that he'd had a tough day. Um, and so we didn't, he had, we had not, uh, they, the producers had not sent Maurice the script. So we were doing our, you know, open mic checks and stuff. And Maurice started to read it. And, and it was like, oh my God, wait a minute. This is, this is the, the commercial. This is the thing. And, and it was almost verbatim with the exception of the, you know, yeah, the naughty right. words. And it turned out great. It's, it just turned out great. It's a brilliant it piece of work. A, I, oh, it's fantastic. I, and he must have just loved oh, every he second did. of that. He just sucked it yeah. up. It was great. I I remember uh, the day that uh, Sam Kinison died, mm -hmm. I was over at some manager's office, some big man. I think it was uh, Kinison's manager. And the girl was looking through her files and she took out a card and tossed it into the trash saying, well, we won't be using this one anymore. Oh. And, and I reached in and it said Sam Kinison on it. Oh, dear. Wow. Boy, that's, yeah. what a metaphor wow. for Hollywood. Huh? Yeah. All right, let yeah, me throw I, two more names at you guys, people that we lost fairly recently, Carol yeah. Channing and Rip Taylor. Uh, I worked with them both on the I, Adams I, Family. I, I worked oh. with Rip. I didn't work with her. I did an animated version of, and John Aston. I did yeah, an animated version. We had John version. here. Oh, God. What a, what a delightful guy. Sweet guy, and I did a. Uh, they did a thirteen episode series of the Adams Family for Hanna Barbera, and uh, Mr. Aston played Gomez. Grandmama was Carol Channing. Rip Taylor was Uncle Fester. Um, it was unbelievable. And then, so they they had these. Uh, they brought in these uh, characters that played next door neighbors, a la the Kravitzes on Bewitched. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't know what the hell's going on in that house? And it was me. And my wife was played by Edie McClurg. Oh, yeah. Ah, Another what? talent. And check this out. This talk about great showbiz trivia. The the actor who played our son was Dick Beals, the voice of no Speedy Alpha Seltzer. Oh, right? wow. Oh. And remember on Davy and Goliath? The, uh, wow. the voice of Davy. Wow. And, and Dick Beals, 
who played my son was my parents' age. As you you may yeah. recall, Dick Beals was um, just a small a person, person yeah. right? Born in 1927. And he spoke like this his whole life. That's how, you know, when you hear Davy and Goliath, Davy, Hal Smith was Goliath. That's right. And Davy was Dick Beals. And Speedy Alka-Seltzer, Dick Beals. So here's a great story. Talk about being an enterprising young man. Um, Dick writes a, a book called, perfect, Think Big. So we get to work and Dick has a few books. And he said, I just like to tell you, thank you all very much. I've written a book and, and you're all in it. We're very, I'm really proud of this. My association with Hanna-Barbera. Rob, would you like a copy of the book? I said, oh my God, Mr. Beals, thank you so much. And so he signs me to Rob, you know, good luck always, Dick Beals. So I take the, thank you so much, Dick. Turn to walk away. Uh, that, that, that'll be, that'll be 10.50. Oh, get out of here. Serious as a heart attack. <laughs> And I said, right? oh God. And of course, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to argue with him. I said, oh, do, you, do you take credit cards? Oh, check this out. So I said, of, oh, of course, Dick. So smart guy. He's already signed it. Right. And, and I said, I'm so sorry. All I have is a 20. Oh, that's okay. I've got, I've got change. <laughs> Genius. Hilarious. I know what I'll do. I'll sucker the kid in. I'll make him feel good. I'll sign it to him and then I'll hit him with it. Ah, you owe me 1050, son. It was great. Bob, what, yeah, a, both- what, a, what about you at the Christmas parades, Bob? The work in the grandstand. You met Jimmy Stewart, Mickey Rooney. What? Yeah, I did for about 10 years. I was the grandstand announcer for the Hollywood Christmas Parade. You are parade. a walking, you're a history book of All Hollywood, All these things Bobby. we didn't, didn't know, know about that. Bob. <laughs> well, it was it was pretty cool. I mean, my first year, Jimmy Stewart was the Grand Marshal. And I'm I'm on I'm down on the street with the moving cars. And ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Stewart, and I give him the mic, and he's got me by the arm. And the mic's on a cord, as before cord with mics. <laughs> and he's just talking. He goes, yeah, I'm here, and Gloria's here, and it's a wonderful life, and Harvey's here, and and I'm starting to lose the slack of my cord. Because the car is moving, the right? The car is moving. Oh, Mr. 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 Stewart, I'm losing my Mr. Stewart, I'm losing my, I dropped the mic. He's got me by the elbow. He's got a death grip on my elbow. And I'm walking. How sun- old was he at this time? 106. Oh, my. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm walking down Sunset Boulevard towards Highland, and I said, Mr. Stewart, you're talking to me. You're, just to, you're talking to nobody right now. It's just it's just you and me. Yeah, yeah, it's you and me and Harvey and Gloria. And, and, Pretty good. And, and, what about Mickey Rooney? Oh, God. Mickey Rooney was, I mean, I loved Mickey Rooney. He's one of my all-time favorite entertainers. But if you look up but bullshit. In, in, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, 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 tells, he tells me, you know, he was, you know, when I was a little boy, I sat on Walt Disney's knee. Yeah. And he said, Mickey, I'm going to create a cartoon character after you. Oh, dear. So Mickey Mouse was him. Well, That's what he says. In the world according to Mickey Rooney, right. which none of it is true. <laughs> right. But God bless Mickey Rooney. Oh, and my God. He I, just needed to know that. I, I heard a story that Mickey Rooney, he was doing a show somewhere, and his big thing, and this was like all the workers would gather around, hey, Mickey's doing it again. <laughs> and... And Mickey would be on uh, a wall phone, uh, and he'd be like fucking some chorus girl <laughs> against Christ. the wall while talking to his wife over the phone. Oh my god! 
Well, I have to say that, by and large, I I have to say I've never heard good things about Mr. No, Rooney. no. Uh, you won't on this show. Yeah. I just want to know, did Mickey Rooney record that conversation like I did with Mel Blanc? Uh, yeah, I want to hear that. I want exactly. Well, you know, in Animate, we did a song that goes, it's a great big universe and we're all really puny. We're just tiny little specks about the size of Mickey Rooney. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast after this. Let's, uh, let's just, because it was in the intro and because Gilbert is obsessed with the bad voices yeah. on, the, oh. on the old Beatles cartoons. Oh, yeah. And this is obviously before Jess came along because he could, he could knock Ringo out of he, the park. He really could, yeah. But he, he was probably not even born. But uh, it, it's Paul, Paul Fries turns out to be the guy who was doing John Lennon. Oh is that my right? God! That's, yeah, but he was doing Toucan Sam. But he was doing he Toucan was, Sam. So yeah, Gilbert says on this show, that he sounds that like that's doing right. Ronald Coleman. Coleman. Who did the like, hey, Paul George, let's right. have yeah. a little adventure. Oh my God! <laughs> who, <laughs> like, do you know who the other actors were? Who did I have voices? no idea. I think it was only two of them doing all four voices. There was a woman. There's and a I woman? can't remember. Yeah, one of them was a woman. Probably. Oh my. Yeah, I can't. I didn't write down her name. I never knew that. I mean, I watched that show because I was part of Beatlemania. Sure. Yeah. But I had no, I, I You're a rock and roll guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, totally. I, I'm getting a mental block. I hate when this happens. The voice of uh, of uh, the Wizard of Oz. Fra uh, uh, Frank, Morgan. Fra Frank, Frank, Frank Morgan. Frank Morgan. Yeah. yeah. So was, was Frank Morgan uh, what you were doing for uh, Captain Crunch? Oh, that's a good question. Did, was, 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 was Dawes doing, Dawes doing that? Was was he, doing most of Dawes' characters were impressions of classic actors. Yeah, yeah well, um, Ed Wynn. Well, well uh, Wally Gator with Ed Wynn. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Snagglepuss was uh, Bert Lariven. Bert Lariven. Yeah. yeah. Um, he might have been like Captain Crunch. Oh, yeah, Captain Crunch stays. Play to attention to the man that's yeah, behind the curtain. Who rang that bell? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I, Billy's I mean, doing a, a little of. Frank. Isn't Billy adding a little Frank Nelson to one of those Futurama characters? Yes, he is. Frank yeah. Nelson, yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and one uh, of them. Frank Nelson. Yeah, sorry, one of them, Billy. Morgan. I, it was funny. It does that one Dr. Warburg or something. Oh, well, one of them's a little bit of Lou Jacoby. I think it's yeah, Lou Jacoby meets uh, I, it George, George Jesse. Jesse, Jesse. Je but yeah. I think Frank yeah, Morgan is, is, in, is in one of the other characters. Yeah, that's with the meat hanging from the yeah, yeah. Give me a leave the maggots on my sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, he was, because he, he talks about how he, uh, he takes that. Right. Zoidberg. Yeah. Zoidberg. Right. Because mm -hmm. he takes that. Um, Lou Jacoby in the Diary of Anne Frank. Correct. You know, right. Because yes. he's, you know, Booby, uh, uh, what's the name? Um, Zuddy or something like that. He's a, you, you st I stole from the children. Yes. I, I <laughs> yes. stole the food from the children. And it's, and he takes that and mashes Makes it. Makes it a wacky zany cartoon reference. Right. Yeah. He mashes it with, uh, uh, um, Georgie Jessel. Georgie Jessel. Jessel. Yeah. Have you heard it's Gilbert's Jessel? No, let me hear. Go, Go ahead, Gil. Okay. Hello, Mama. This is Georgie. You know your <laughs> son, Georgie? The one that sends you the checks every... Oh, yeah, now you remember. Uh, so did you get that parrot I sent you? What? You ate the parrot? That parrot spoke seven different languages. Oh, he should have said something. <laughs> <laughs> That's great! Bravo. You got that down. That's Bravo. great. Oh, my God. I There's a big call for it these days. Yes. Yeah. 
Hey, the oh. kids love it. Who did the voice of Boris Karloff in Gods and Monsters? Oh my God, oh, that's I interesting. It wasn't Maurice. Uh, no, not that I know of. We'll have to check into that. I will have to check yeah. that out because I don't really know. I mean, I, I that's a great. That's Bob, the Brendan Fraser was it Bob movie. Bob McFadden that used to do the uh, the Karloff voice, the guy, the the. The, the guy that did the Frankenberry and Count Chocula? Do I have the oh, name that's right? right? It could have been, been because could've that been. was right up his alley. Yeah. See, um, see, but I don't even know. Who was it that did uh, Monster Mash? Do you know who did the voice Bob, the of... The singer? Uh, I was fucking oh, uh, uh, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Boris. Yeah, Bobby Boris. Yeah, he would have been gone by then. Yeah, by the time but they I, did I, always, I never and, knew who did the voice of that in that song. The ones in Gods and Monsters was a more natural. Everybody does like, I'm working Yeah, Everyone does that. Yeah. But he didn't. He, that was yeah, that was Boris Karloff doing Thriller. Yeah, right? yes. not, not Michael much. Jackson. Yes. But his, his old. It's a Thriller. I mean, and and and, and Grinchy. But if you heard him on on conversations, oh my God, he sounded nothing. He no, he's very, very erudite. Sweet. Very sweet, gentle, yeah. like um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jonathan Harris. You ever work with Jonathan oh, Harris? God. Oh, Jonathan I worked Harris. with him. Jonathan Harris. I worked with that guy a hundred times. What? A gas. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> oh. I said to him, so, Mr. Harris, what part of England are you from? He goes, I'm not British, dear boy. I'm affected. Yes. <laughs> yes he's he's a from a he was a, he's yeah, from he was a Yeah, he was a He said, I'm a Brooklyn Jew and proud of it. That's right. <laughs> and he referred, he referred to his old, uh, to his wife as the old dragon. Uh -huh. Oh, my God. He was in the Bill Dana show. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he was in the original Broadway cast of uh, Tea House of the August Moon. Very uh, good. Unbelievable. What I, a, oh, I love they that They once made a cartoon, a problem child. Yeah. And yeah. instead of Jack Wharton as, as big, uh, bi oh, I should remember the names of the people in Problem Child. Uh, big, big, big Sam or Big Al, uh -huh. whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, they they got Jonathan Harris. Oh my God! And, did you work with him, or did or do you work separately? Uh, this time I was lucky enough to do one episode with him, and and I I, I at that time I know uh, I I think Howard Stern was always talking about wanting to get Jonathan Harris. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. and I said he was great. And I said to Jonathan Harris, and I said, w would you ever do uh, the the Howard Stern? And he goes. Never. <laughs> of course he did. He sounded like Dr. Smith all the time. He yes. And he, you know, don't talk to me, you sanctimonious bucket of boats. Oh, oh the pain. It was so <laughs> over the top. But I did a cartoon series with him called Channel Umpty Three. We did 13 episodes. Alice Ghostly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Harris. Oh, my God. Oh, it was just, I, I think it's probably on YouTube now, but oh, Jesus, every week for about a year. Uh, not a not a year, six months, oh. and doing ADR and post production, and he always had these wonderful stories about, um, you know, the the old Hollywood. In fact, he uh, was telling a story about get this, the rap party for Lifeboat with um, Tallulah Bankhead and yeah. Estelle Winwood at the rap party. Oh. So he said, I'd like to share with you a true story. <laughs> Absolutely true. I swear, as God is my witness. <laughs> I walked into the, life, the party of a, a lifeboat, and I see, and I got to use this nasty word, but it's true, the C word. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> I see these two C words in the corner <laughs> holding court. You know, they're awful people, awful people. <laughs> and the young man walked up very drunk. He says, I, uh, he goes, he walks up to Estelle, uh, to, uh, to Lula Bankhead, 
young Randolph Scott-looking type. And he walks up and he says, Miss Bankhead, I should like to fuck you. And she takes his hand and she says, and so you shall, dear boy. And they march upstairs <laughs> together. True story. Oh, my God. Fantastic. He's stealing and Dick so Cavett's you story. Shall, yes. dear boy. About Chico. That's Dick Cavett's story about Chico. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, he's probably he probably stole it from Chico That's and right. Cavett, but it was so great because he told it with his very affected through the pain. I I remember when they did that movie New York Stories, uh-huh. and the Woody Allen one had uh, oh, had Mae the Questel. May Questel, May Questel, yeah. Sure. Yeah, Betty, Betty Boop. Boop. Right. And olive oil. Yeah. And, uh, right, and olive oil, and Little Audrey. Just, oh. She was hysterical in that. Here, I, are the, here are the voice actors from the Beatle cartoon. Paul Frees was John and George. Lance Percival, who was a British actor. He was in yeah. the Carry On series. He was a British and, comedian. Oh, is that right? And he did a lousy English accent. Right. He right. did Paul and Ringo. <laughs> and the two, and Julie Bennett and Carol Corbett. Julie Bennett. You must have worked oh, with my. Julie Bennett. Julie Bennett, I never worked with her, but she did a lot of Warner Brothers voices when Mel Blanc was only able to get the sole screen credit because he Is asked for a right? raise in the 40s and they wouldn't give him yeah. a raise. And he said, can I have screen credit? And they're like, well, that doesn't cost us. She's in Hey There, It's Yogi Bear in 64. And, uh, there we go. Gay Paris in, mm-hmm. in 62. Julie Bennett. Yeah. How about that? Wow. And was was Richard O'Brien, the I think I think that was his name, the original voice of Elmer Fudd? Oh, Arthur Q. Bryan. Arthur Q. Bryan. Arthur Q. Bryan. Yeah. Yes. And did a lot of radio. That over, right? Uh, So Arthur Q. Bryan died in the middle of the production of What's Opera Doc. Oh, wow. Yeah. 1959. Iconic. And Mel Blanc has one word in that as Elmer Fudd. You know, he's like whitening stride, and then all of a sudden Elmer Fudd goes smog. And and Arthur Q. Bryan was so ill he couldn't get the energy out. So Mel screams screams out smog. And then Hal Smith took over. For Elmer Fudd, is that right? For a few cartoons, and then Mel did him. I think until he passed. Because away. I, I, I Watts Opera Doc is a genius, quintessential. In it fact, is. I didn't even. I, I'm a. I love classical music, and that was my introduction to to Wagner. Because I didn't realize yeah, that it was uh, Ride of the Valkyries. No, it's called Kill the Wabbit. Yeah. We all know that. This <laughs> <Yeah>. is great. <laughs> you, you guys want to take a whack at this crazy thing? Oh, please. sure. With this Iago is so cool. And Pinky. And Porky. Is this your idea, Frank? Well, it's genius. I, did, I thank you. You're very kind. I did a lot of searching for something that had three performers in it. Oh, no. This is So perfect. I think the audience will recognize this movie. <clears throat> it is rather iconic. Okay, great. This, is a, got- this isn't a cold read. This is a frozen read. It's right. a frozen <laughs> I apologize for its length, but I have every confidence okay. that it's, it's going to gain fun. momentum. You know what? At my age, anytime I apologize for its length. But um, so <laughs> Hey, the room looks wonderful from here. Okay. Um, all right, thank you very much. Let me take. Uh, oh, right, can I have go. one mm. simple water? Sure. Take oh, yeah, please. Hang on, Gilbert needs to hydrate. Okay. <laughs> we all, we all, we all need to hydrate. Professional operation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, li- the listeners should recognize the movie. Okay. <clears throat> you ready, Gil? Yes. All right, fire away. <clears throat> um, Sonny, we ought to hear what they have to say. No, 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 no more. Not this time, Consigliere. No more meetings. No more discussions. No more solo solo (laughs) tricks. You give them one message. I want Soloso. If not, it's all out war. We go to the mattresses. Well, yes, but some of the other families won't sit still for all-out war. They may hand me salazzo. 
Your father would not want to hear this. This is business. It's not personal. They shot my father? It's business, your ass! Well, even shooting of your father was business. It's not personal, Sonny. Well, then, business <laughs> will have to suffer, all right? And listen, do me a favor, Tom. No more advice on how to patch things up. Just help me win, please, all right? <sighs> I found out about this Captain McCluskey who broke Mike's jaw. Now, he's definitely on Salozzo's payroll and for big money. McCluskey has agreed to be the Turk's bodyguard. What you have to understand, <clears throat> Sonny, is that, all, is that while Salozzo's being guarded like he was invulnerable, now, nobody has ever gone down a New York police captain. Never. It would be disastrous. All the five families would come after you, Sonny. The Corleone family would be outcast. Even the old man's political protection would run for cover. So do me a favor, Narf. Take this into consideration. <laughs> All right, we'll wait. I can't wait. <laughs> huh? I said, I can't wait. I don't care what the Salozo says about it at a deal. He's gonna kill the Ipa. He's gonna kill the Ipa. He's gonna kill my daddy. Evil, <laughs> evil. <laughs> that's it. That's a, a key for him. You gotta get Salazar. Gotta get Salazar. Gotta get what's his name. <laughs> Let me ask you something, Professor. I mean, what about this McCluskey? What do we do with this cop here? It'll be, they want to have a meeting with me, right? It'll be me, Mamie McCluskey, and Salazar is that other guy. <laughs> Let's set a meeting. Get our informants to find out where it's going to be held. Now, we insist it's a public, a public, a public, a bar or a restaurant. Some place where there's a lot of people there to feel safe. They're going to search me when I first meet them, right? So I can't have a weapon on me. But if Clemenza, that sounds like a venereal disease. <laughs> but if Clemenza can figure out a way to have a weapon planted there for me, then I'll kill them. But I'll kill them. But they're both dead. And now the slow laughter breaks out. Point. Ah, hey, what are you gonna do? Nice college boy, huh? Didn't want to get mixed up in the family business. Now you want to gun down a police cap. What? You, Frank. Because he slapped you in the face a little bit, huh? What do you think this is? The army where you shoot him and a mile away? You gotta get close like this. Bada bing! You blow their brains all over your nice Ivory League suit. <laughs> yeah, you're taking it very personal. Tom, this is business. This man is taking it very personal. Oh, Dick, come on, Mikey. Tom, wait a minute. I mean, talking about a cop that's mixed up in the drugs. I'm talking about a dishonest cop and a crooked cop who got mixed up in the in the rackets and got what was it coming to him? That's a terrific story. 
No, we have any newspaper people on the payroll, don't we? Tom? They might make a story like that. Well, you know, now that you mention it, they might. Yeah, they, they just might. It's not personal, Sonny. It's strictly be be It's strictly be be Oh, it's murder. Frank Santo Padre, ladies and there gentlemen. There we go. Well done, Frank. Oh, oh my God. Kind. Gilbert, that was so great. Now, there are people out there going, I will never be able to watch The Godfather ever again. No, there are fans out there right now with doing, animating this yes. as we speak. Somebody's going to animate this. I, and- <laughs> Let's hope so. I feel like I can get together with the two of you and, and just do Godfather 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> There we go. Let's do it. Why not? And you know, we we all of us uh, at different conventions and stuff, we get to do similar things that that not to this level. Frank, you were that was really a genius. Oh, I'm glad movie. you thought so. Yeah, but, it was just a, tr- trying to find something iconic that people would recognize oh, that had three three parts. When you do that, it's it's just the coolest thing. Oh, we've in the done world. The, we've done the Princess Bride. We've oh. done uh, we've done Dirty Dance. There's like a, there's one of a, the the bookers who has a lot of our yeah. Of our, um, yeah. Um, For, uh, Jeff, Jeff Jeff Zanini. Yeah, yeah. He'll have a wheel. He'll spin the wheel, and whatever movie it lands on, he'll be like, "Okay, Rob, oh, we got Star Wars. You're yeah. Luke. You're Luke Skywalker. Yeah, it's like um um." Las Vegas, we have a prisoner. Exactly. It's so much and, fun. And Porky Pig, your Princess Leia. Uh, help me, Obi-Wan. Help me, Obi-Wan. What am I, a hologram? <laughs> or forget let's, it. Let's do forget these plugs. It, Jake. It's Chinatown. That's right. We love that. Yeah. Remaking Chinatown. Uh, oh, let's man. plug Rob's wonderful book, Gil. Oh, yes. It's called oh, Voice you. Lessons. It's terrific. It's a book yes, about Frank. gratitude. Rob Paulson. Uh, voice lessons, how a couple of ninja turtles, Pinky, and an animaniac saved my life. Not, you know what? That's not hyperbole. It's the freaking truth. I, uh, uh, thank you guys for bringing that up. I, um, I, what's that axiom? We make plans and God laughs. Sure. Um, three years ago, I feel a little lump on my neck and it turns out to be stage three throat cancer. Um, and you guys have been kind enough to have me on and chat about it before, but it's not about that. We all got our stuff. We all know that. Uh, you know, Gil was kind enough to to uh, uh, focus on some of the children he's had contacts with. Right now, I mean, Jesus, right now, somebody's getting a phone call about their baby. Somebody's getting a phone call about their wife. Somebody's getting a phone call about a 27-year-old father who just had a child. And so I, I'd already, you know, had this incredible career, had wonderful family, but I didn't die. Uh, what I did was get the daylight speed out of me because of the treatment. But um, now, and Bob and I were just talking about this, we've had wonderful careers, but in the context of Hollywood, it's not a big deal. We're just lucky that we've been working. But when you're able to uh, have an experience like this that I certainly wouldn't recommend to anybody, however, if you got to go through it, you come out with a impossibly deep sense of not only gratitude, but empathy. So we now have the experience where where uh, I, I can now go to sit with someone or talk to them or hold their hand or whatever, metaphorically or otherwise. And when I say, boy, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, and I was just on um, uh, uh, Dr. Drew's uh, show on KBC, And he said, you know, Rob, I often talk to people who say, gosh, you know, it's turned out that I have the gift of cancer or the gift of fill in the blank. Because if you're able to contextualize what, a problem is what struggle means. Um, it turns out that you can really be helpful. And in my case, it was as a result of this book in the context of these characters, because all of us here have been fortunate enough to work on shows that bring utter joy 
to people. And so now, uh, due to nice folks like you, opportunities to do some public speaking, it turns out that I have this bully pulpit from which I can I can tell my story. And then, like you're talking about, people come up to us at these events through tears telling me, thank you for sharing your story about throat cancer. Let me tell you about my my brother who just died of liver cancer, but he's, you know, it, it, he fought as long as he could, but he, the last six months of his life, every day that he would have this particular treatment that was very difficult for him, but it, it kept him around for another holiday. We all had our watches on uh, alarms because we had a little piece of Ninja Turtle memorabilia every time that this young man would go through his treatment. Wow. So every day I had my turtle action figure in my pocket or my turtle bandana because my brother who just passed away at 37 lived for the Ninja Turtles. And so turtles will mean more to my family than you'd ever know. And that's what I'm learning as a result of the book. So Good for you. thanks for talking about One it. One of the touching things in the book, too, is your friendships, is is Maurice and, and, and Tress and Sean yeah. Astin and, and Randy, yeah. and now everybody was there for you. Totally. You know, and, and, and it's you, and, you know who your friends are when the chips are down. Yeah, and the, the truth is that my wife and I decided not to talk about it too much because there was no point. Again, everybody's got their shit. I got to tell you, I saw you, I don't know if it was an audition or a job, and I'd heard Oh. And I didn't know, yeah. and I felt terrible. Well, of course, but Bob, you didn't know because we didn't tell anybody. That's, but that's what you were just saying, that, yeah. that, that nobody knew. Sure. And, I, and all I kept thinking was, and you know, I've known Rob for 30-something years. Long time. We're not like, we don't break bread every no, day. No, but we're, but we're buddies. good friends. We're buddies. Sure. And I just felt, oh my God, I wasn't there for my no, friend. No, no. Not but, at all. But you guys needed your space. You needed to deal with, with your time. Yeah. But this, I agree with you guys. This book, and I thank read you. it right after yeah, I got you. your signing. It is brilliant. Thank you. It's well, also got a lot of humor. Uh, it does because it's about that. In fact, my uh, my radiation oncologist, the first time I met him, you know, Doctor Henry Henry Ampolsky comes and says, "Mr. Paulson, it is pleasure to meet you. I I know what you do for a living. I'm sure we can help you. I I don't know if you'll be able to. You know, we're Pretty sure we can cure you, but before we do, we almost have to kill you. And I started laughing wow. because it. He reminded me of like uh, like a cheesy um, um, Goldfinger. Yeah, you know, yeah. Akim Tam- um, Akim Tam- Tamaroff. Yeah, Akim Tamaroff. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. You, oh, hey, why, Mister? Uh, yes, Doctor Ampolsky. Do you expect me to say no? No, my Pinky. I expect you to be cured. Yeah. You know, but uh, anyway, it it. Thank you, because um, due to my wonderful friend, uh, Mike Fleeman, who's the real guy who did all the heavy lifting, it turned out to be a, a good book. I'm really proud of it. Yes, it's um, funny, too, as Bob says. Thank you. It's, um, it, he, it was his idea to open up the, the book, uh, audio and in print, with uh, Pinky getting the, the news broken to him mm-hmm. that I had cancer. And so I say, just Pinky, I got I to gotta chat with you about something. <gasps> Is it bad news, Rob? Well, it kind of, yes. Oh, no, is Rosie O'Donnell back on the, with TV? No. <laughs> you know, it's not that, it's that. Well, what is it? What nice. is it? Well, let me put it this way. Um, am I soaking in it? I don't know. It, it, um, let's put it this way. I'm not a cancer. I'm a Pisces, although it seems I have it. You have cancer? Well, yeah. Are you going to die? I, I don't know. Maybe. Well, who's going to pay for this fucking car? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> and. That, what you guys are doing right now is music to our, I mean, we're all in the comedy business. And, you know, to be able to laugh, as we all do, and then you you get to meet these people, as we've all discussed today, who have kept in touch with us. Or Gilbert's great story about the man patting the, the picture of his mm-hmm. son. Yeah. 
it, it turns out that these characters that we've all been involved in have a deeply personal, utterly positive effect on all of them, even through the impossibility of burying your child. I will never know what that's like, thank God. And people do it every day, and then they get up the next goddamn day, and they put on their shoes, and they soldier on. So I now have these examples of profiles and courage that I never would have had otherwise, and that's what the book is about. Yeah. The book is about how powerful this humor is. Well, congratulations. Thank you very I mean, to much. All, to all three of you for using your gifts. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's in, a pleasure. In such a way. Let's, let's, uh, let's get the plugs in, too. There's a new Looney Tunes uh, shorts. A pile of them. A We're pile of two, them are coming. 200 Bob. new shorts. Jesus, can, uh, can I have the, a bag of money? Dude, I, I'm so blessed. And because it, like, it looks like you're looking at a 1940s Bob Clay. They look so good. Full orchestra. Can't wait to see them. We've got one. It's called Curse of the Monkey Bird that's out for Oscar consideration. Nice. played in the theater. So thank you, Frank. Well, yeah. I was literally talking about, I got to stop dropping names. Bob De Niro told me that. But <laughs> I, I had lunch yesterday with uh, Sam Register, yeah. president of Warner Brothers Animation. Yeah. And man, did he go on about you and those shorts. Oh, bless his heart. That's great. I mean, they're killer. And what's yeah. happening with the Animaniacs reboot? Well, we're coming back as a result of the largesse of Mr. Spielberg and Hulu and uh, Warner Brothers. Um, Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain are coming back next year, I guess about this time. But as we all know, it's a brave new world. Um, the way programming happens on Hulu and Netflix is kind of like, I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll put them on sometime. Yeah. We don't know when. We don't have to worry about, you know, uh, we're not beholden to advertisers. So we'll put them up next year. Um, but it is... So exciting to know that the King of Hollywood has said, hey, I think we should do this again. That's a really big deal for anybody. Uh, moreover, when you get Mr. Spielberg to be able to say, this show has really had an impact on on people and not with respect to merchandising. It's really not like Ninja Turtles. You know, it's a show like, like Looney Tunes that affects people viscerally and it's art for the sake of the art. And so to be able to do it again with Mr. Spielberg at that level and my buddies uh, is just... Uh, uh, a gift that I don't even know how to quantify. But I want to plug to your live show. I want to plug you and Randy oh, and Animaniacs thanks, Live. Frank. I came. I brought my wife down to Joe's Pub to see you guys, and it's a magnificent show. Thank so you. So I hope you um, keep doing that. We will. And I, um, uh, I'll tell you, it's it's glorious fun. Uh, you folks can can have a check on it. Uh, check it out. It's at uh, AnimaniacsInConcert.com. I think either that or Animaniacs Live. And it doesn't matter. You can find it both ways. But you'll get a chance to see the music that Randy Rogel wrote. And Randy and, is uh, a genius. I don't mind saying that. He truly is. And people ask <laughs> really me all is. the time. You know, they go, oh, my God, you did that You did that Countries of the World song in one take. I did. But I had a week to rehearse it. And I had the music in front of me. Look, yeah. we live in Hollywood. You guys are in New York. You can walk down the street and throw in dart and hit a good singer. I'm good at my job. But a lot of people could sing it. Writing that shit. No, yeah, no, no, he's, no, no. He's, he's truly That's gifted. way different. So, yeah, thank you very much. Come see Animaniacs in concert. It's cool. All right, boys. And My well, God, you. we could go on for days. Oh, Christ. This was so much could fun, we you guys. ever. Oh, man, and, thank and, you. And I, I, you mentioned a few times uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I was on three episodes of- I know. Their, you uh, played yeah. Krang Prime. Yes, Krang, no, yes. Krang, you and Roseanne. Yeah, <laughs> uh -oh. Ro Roseanne played. Oh boy, she yeah. played uh, like the Krang boss lady, and you were Krang subprime. I yes, think is what it was, yes. Right? Yeah. And let me tell you, when we went into work, 
And we said, who's going to be playing this? And they said, Gilbert Gottfried. We just, all of us, Seth Green played Leo. I played Raph, uh, Sean Astin, you know, my, um, Raphael. I played, no, I played Donatello in that iteration. Greg Sipes played Michelangelo. Everybody freaked out and it worked great. It was inspired oh. casting. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, no. Gil, please. I think. I think it's on Nickelodeon, or you can certainly go on Nick, uh, the Nick website, or you can probably even go to um, YouTube. But you got to see your episodes because it turned out great. I'll have to watch it. It's really good. We'll do Very another good. one of these down the line, gents, because there's oh, so, thanks, so much more to been, cover. Thank, thank you, you for guys. giving us so much time. It's a party with you and, two. And God bless the two of you for everything you said about the Aflac firing. Oh, uh, buddy. Pal. Well, we're in this together, bud. There you go. You know? Thank and, you. And um, not at all. Uh, although I'd like to try Aflac. Is that not as good as that? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 can, can, can a duck stutter? Sure. Try that. Geico. <laughs> You hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, Listen to that. Uh, uh, that oh, you're sound a, you're is a devil, worth its Bob. weight in platinum. God bless you guys. I, I say laughter is the best medicine. The cool thing is you can't OD and the refills are free, and it's so goddamn true. You Thank go. you, guys. Thank Thanks you, for thank you both. This is Happy a, this holidays. always a kick for us. Happy holidays. We, we love having you. Thanks, man. Great time with Bob Gilgan and Rob Paulson. This has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast podcast <laughs> we don't know what to call it yeah, anymore we don't know <laughs> and with my co-host frank santo padre and thank the two of you uh this was too much fun thanks guys everybody lives on a street in a city or a village or a town for what it's worth and they're all inside a country which is part of a continent that sits upon a planet known as earth and the Earth is a ball full of oceans and some mountains which is out there spinning silently in space. And living on that Earth are the plants and the animals and also the entire human race. It's a great big universe and we're all really puny. We're just tiny little specks about the size of Mickey Rooney. It's big and black and icky and we are small and dinky. It's a big universe and we're not... Part of a vast interplanetary system stretching 700 billion miles long. With nine planets and a sun, we think the Earth's the only one that has life on it, although we could be wrong. Across the interstellar voids are a billion asteroids, including meteors and Halley's Comet, too. And there's over 50 moons floating out there like balloons in a panoramic trillion mile view. And still, it's all a speck amid a hundred billion stars in a galaxy we call the Milky Way. It's 60,000 trillion miles from one end to the other And still that's just a fraction of the way Cause there's a hundred billion galaxies that stretch across the sky Filled with constellations, planets, moons and stars And still the universe extends to a place that never ends Which is maybe just inside a little jar It's a great big universe and we're all really puny We're just tiny little specks about the size of Mickey Rooney Though we don't know how it got here We're an important part here, it's a big universe Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast is produced by Dara Gottfried and Frank Santapadre with audio production by Frank Verderosa. 
Web and social media is handled by Mike McPadden, Greg Pear, and John Bradley Seals. Special audio contributions by John Beach. Special thanks to John Fodiatis, John Murray, and Paul Rayburn. 